0: Hello, Duke fans, and welcome to episode 425 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. Um, Yeah, we're back. And very, very soon after we recorded episode 424, it is still Thursday, June 2nd. The NBA finals are on as we speak, but we are going to be talking about some other type of basketball, namely a new, new player on the Duke basketball team who we've talked about actually in episode 424. He committed for 2023. And now he is reclassifying to the class of 2022. His name is Tyrese Proctor. My name is Donald Wine. That's Jason Evans. That's Sam Klein. You can't see where I'm pointing to, but trust me, those two guys are there. We're just going to get right into it uh, with this announcement that literally just happened a few minutes ago. This decision apparently was a few weeks in the making. The discussion starting with John Shire, according to Tyrese Proctor, a few weeks ago. So well before we learned that Trevor Keels would stay in the NBA draft. He will not be in Durham this month with the rest of the freshmen. Of course, he is Australian. He has to go through the necessary procedures to get a visa to come to the United States, but he will be eligible to play for Duke this season. And I think on top of that, we've talked about this in the past. He will turn 19 before next year's draft, which means he would have been eligible to bypass the entirety of college basketball to go to the NBA draft next season. That is no longer in the cards. He will be at Duke Blue Devil this fall. Jason, I go to you first. First of all, hi. Uh, It's been a few hours since we last
1: spoke. Hey, Donald. Um, Yeah. (laughs) What do you think about this news? So there are a lot of people out there who are surprised and shocked right now. I'm going to tell you one of the people who is not, and that is me. Folks who read the Duke Basketball Report forums know that on a couple occasions, I have said, you know, just because, you know, if Duke doesn't get A.J. Green and Trevor Keels, there's a possibility we could have Caleb Foster or Tyrese Proctor reclassify. And when I said that, a couple of people, smart posters, people who know basketball said, oh, no, no, I think Foster's the only one who's talked about it. Proctor hasn't really talked about it. And I was like, eh, I don't know about that. The fact that this kid is going to be 19 for the 2023 draft and would immediately be eligible in the 2023 draft, Duke, Duke almost sort of had to do this, I think, because I think there's a very good chance that Tyrese Proctor would have gone directly into the draft. And the other thing is, and I mentioned this very briefly on the podcast that, that we did a few hours ago, uh, he's been tearing it up in Australia. He's been tearing it up at all the international competition kind of stuff he's been doing lately. And there are, a lot of people say his game is really mature. He doesn't play like a you know wild, out of control um, point guard or shooting guard. He is someone who has... He, He's been involved in very advanced training programs for a long time. Uh, This is someone that Australia has been grooming as one of their players of the future for quite a while. And these guys who come from these international programs, especially the ones who play at the NBA Development Academy thing that they have for for high school age guys who are from other countries, they, they tend to be really mature, really smart, and capable of handling what college basketball will be now the big question guys and I'll freely admit that I don't know the answer to it is is Tyrese Proctor you know sort of penciled in now to be the starting two guard at Duke does this mean Duke is would no longer be in pursuit of a of another wing because that's what we spent a ton of time this morning talking about it I think the answer is that Duke probably is still in pursuit of another wing I just don't know if it's quite the names. I don't think it's Courtney Ramey anymore. I don't think it's quite the names that we talked about um, because I think that it may be more of a complimentary player.
2: Uh, hey, Sam here. I, hi, Sam. I, I, hi. I, uh, good to see you guys again. I would like to pat myself on the back for getting the prior episode out early enough that there is a chance that our listeners have have digested the whole thing prior to them seeing this in their download feed so kudos to me for, for doing that edit <laughs> this afternoon
0: I, I i have seen i have anecdotal reports of people having done just that so thank yes. you for
1: doing
2: that i think we got one email so far that yeah, says we that, yeah we got emails we so got a couple
1: emails from people who said they
2: listened to it they have listened to the to the episode so far so good so we did a good job with that uh next shame on us for taking such a long time off. This is exactly what we get is we take a huge break, we <laughs> right. come back, we're like we're like we have this very limited amount of news to talk about and there's nothing else to do. Maybe we'll talk to you next week and all of a sudden like 5 hours after we record, uh Duke Duke has a guy reclassified to to join the team next year, addressing as you said, Jason, basically the exact conversation that we're having right now about who's on the roster, who are the starters, who's going to get the big minutes for Duke next season. I think my my read on, on Proctor and the, and the roster so far is that Duke has been successful in the coach K era from time to time playing multiple point guards, Jason Williams and Chris Duhan were kind of two point guards playing next to each other. Nolan Smith and John Shire were, were two not point guards, both playing point guards next to each other. There are, there are many examples of this in Duke history.
1: Tyus Jones and Quinn Cook, I mean, Quinn Cook is exactly. a point guard. Yeah. So
2: so Duke has 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 run this play before. I don't know if if Proctor and Jeremy Roach together are the biggest backcourt that Duke could be running out, and and it's not like Dariq Whitehead at the three is, is overwhelming size-wise. He's pretty long, but he's not huge for a three. So if that's Duke's starting backcourt, it's not the biggest backcourt, but my goodness, is it talented. As you said, Jason, Tyrese Proctor comes in with – with the pedigree of being in the sort of NBA international uh, camp circuit and, and has displayed a lot of maturity. We know that he's going to be slightly old for his class when he comes in. All of those are good signs for him being able to plug in maybe as the, as the starting two with, with Roach as the, as the uh, starting point guard, or even flip those roles around And Roach might be able to play off the ball on offense a little bit more and let Proctor do some of the ball handling. I would not be surprised if John Shire is committed to letting them experiment a little bit early in the season. This might be a nice rotation to allow Shire to do, to sort of feel out how he likes to to coach a backcourt that has three guys. Whitehead's not as much of a, of a ball handler, but he's, but he's pretty skilled himself. So Duke has a lot of options for for handling the ball and for shooting on the perimeter next season, and hopefully those guys can all be somewhat interchangeable, and it's not like there's going to be extremely defined roles, maybe not in the same sort of concerning way that it was last year where it was like Duke had four ball handlers and therefore they had none. Hopefully this coming season there are more opportunities for that. So I'm excited that Proctor is coming as far as looking at the transfer portal and trying to figure out who's coming in, who might be filling the space. I hope that Duke is still able to get a grad transfer, like we were talking about earlier, who's able to play some defense. Uh, as good as, I know I said this earlier, but as, as good as a guy's reputation is coming out of high school for playing defense, you want experience to, to be leading the defense. And so I just don't know, having not watched enough of, of Proctor's game and especially not in in competition that we, where we know everyone's trying on defense, we just don't know what we're getting with him. So that would be the main concern about plugging him in for 25 or 30 minutes a night is that this roster is already kind of young. And so, so I hope that, that Duke is chasing more defense in the transfer portal, but we'll kind of wait and see what the, what the rumor mill comes up with us for, for John Shire and for his staff now that they've, they've gotten Proctor to, to enroll this fall.
0: So this is, this is me reading the tea leaves just a little bit. This is no inside baseball information. This is just me kind of giving educated guesses based on what we now know, because it's changing ever so slightly. I don't think we're completely out of the running for the three, you know, three guys that we mentioned uh, on the broadcast before um, Courtney Ramey, Isaiah Mosley, and Jacob uh, uh, Grandison. I don't think we're completely out of the, ball game for them. I think that probably with this announcement and it did come uh, according to my friend who is at the K Academy. It came during the like first dinner that they just had tonight, this announcement. So John Shire found out, you know, literally as he was making his opening remarks. So that's pretty cool. Um, But I do think it changes the approach, right? Like we're not telling, we're we're now looking for kind of a Theo John in the backcourt. We're not looking for a guy who's going to, you know, necessarily start and go 30 minutes. Looking for a guy that, like you said, Jason can be complimentary, but also I'm not going to count out John Shire for recruiting anybody with those parameters, right? Like he's been exceptional at getting the guys that he has wanted uh, for the most part and filling up these classes that he's had in his first two, you know, his first two recruiting classes. And I think this is the time where he's going to probably try and find someone who could compliment him. I don't know if it's going to be that those guys, but again, I'm not ruling it out that we're completely out of the, out of the ball game for those guys, because again, this is something that has been weeks in, in the making, this decision by Therese Proctor, and has probably been keeping these guys in, the, in line saying, hey, this is probably coming. This is how it affects your role on this
1: team. So a couple of things I, I want to add on to what you guys said. First of all, Donald, just to address the, the players that we talked about earlier, I, I don't think Isaiah Mosley or Courtney Ramey, for that matter, are going to be interested in coming to Duke and not playing 25, 30. I mean, Isaiah Mosley is expecting to play 30 plus minutes per game. I think that Courtney Ramey is someone who wants to, you know, feature his game. And uh, he he's had aspirations for the NBA. If you're if you're someone who really thinks you have an NBA future, it's tough to say, oh, I'm gonna come to Duke and I'm gonna battle Tyrese Proctor and I'm gonna battle Jaden shoot and I'm gonna battle Mark Mitchell and Derek Whitehead for minutes. That's a big ask. And that's why I think. Your, your summation that, oh, we're looking for a more Theo John kind of type, I agree. I think that makes sense. And, and to me, that rules out certainly Ramey and Mosley. I don't know about Grandison. Grandison, you know, I don't know what the kids' ambitions are and the such, but it doesn't feel like that might necessarily rule out Grandison in the same way. But, but the, the bottom line is, while I'm sure Duke is still going to be interested in the portal, while I'm sure Shire is is, you know, kicking the tires on a lot of guys and seeing who Wants to come to Duke and who fits in the such. I, I feel like with this move, this is a roster that Duke can come into next season and say, yeah, it makes sense. This is a roster that can compete for a national title. And Sam, I wanted to address one thing you said about, about the size of the backcourt. Tyrese Proctor is 6'4". Not a, and he's, kind of, he's, he's a broad-shouldered guy. And he has long arms. He's got, he's got a 6'7 wingspan. When you're talking about a guy six four with a six seven wingspan, that's a guy who's big enough to play the college too. You but know, he's one seventy, guy... so there's going to be some cookout in his future. I, I hear you. I agree. He's got to put on some weight. There's no question about it. But this is someone who's capable of playing the college too. And right now, if if this roster is what Duke takes into the fall, I think right now Tyrese Proctor probably is the starting two guard for the Blue Devils. And and, and people should know dude, he's a great outside shooter. Uh, he has really good handle, but I think the thing that people are gonna be most excited about him is he has deep range and a very, very quick release. And it, you know, one of the things that Duke felt like they really needed, I think, was someone to stretch the defense and not allow the defense to, to clog up the middle because Derek Whitehead wants to take the ball, to the basket. Kyle Filipowski wants to operate in the post. Um, uh, and Jeremy Roach is an absolutely elite at getting into the lane and getting to the rim. Duke needs someone to unclog that middle a little bit for them. And, and I think Tyrese Proctor is a pretty good um, solution to that problem. Uh, it, I don't know that he's the ideal solution and you got to be a little bit worried. Anytime a kid reclassifies, there are plenty of stories of reclassifications that went great. Marvin Bagley. There are also plenty of stories of reclassifications that didn't go as well. Joey Baker. So, uh, you know, you don't know what you're going to get necessarily get from Tyrese Proctor, but I'm pretty excited about this, and I I think he is a good fit for what Duke needs.
2: And he's been involved with Duke for a long time, right? He he's very aware of what the roster situation is. It sounds like, as you said, Jason, the staff has been talking to him for weeks about this. This is what he uh, this is what he had said, and and so the I'm sure there are very clear expectations about what he is supposed to be coming in and doing, which is why I, I feel pretty confident that this is going to work. I wasn't admittedly thinking that this was a, a high likelihood option. When we were talking about this earlier, I don't even think I addressed it as, as something that was like, all right, who else is Duke going to plug in at the two here? But I like it. If John Shire likes it, and I like it. If, if Proctor likes it, this is also a big commitment for him to be coming early. Granted, if he's got NBA potential, you know, he could have talked himself next season into just skipping college altogether and going straight to the draft anyway. So uh, he's, he's doing this sort of knowing full well, what it, what it means for him and hopefully the rest of the guys on the team. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to, to hear the reactions now that we, I, I realized that K Academy is going on. I was actually looking at some of the social media from that earlier, uh, curious to hear reactions from some of the current players about the fact that that Proctor's reclassifying and coming in, I'm sure it's all going to be, you know, smiles and excitement. But, uh, but, but I'm I'm looking forward to those quotes.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the competition that we're going to obviously have in practice. I think the one thing to note is, unlike the rest of freshmen, as I mentioned at the top, he's not going to be able to come immediately. So there will be a bit of a, more of a learning curve for him because it's going to take several weeks for him to navigate the visa process, especially coming from australia to the united states and with covid especially we're, we're still not over that sort of thing australia has been a lot more strict with regards to people going back and forth i'm sure he's going to have to figure out all of that if he's just going to come straight to the united states and plan to remain there or you know figure out a way for him to also get back whenever there are breaks those are little things that he has to work out uh, as an 18 year old you know guy uh trying to go off to college in another country for the first time so uh, we're looking forward to getting him on campus, but don't expect for that to be anytime soon, but he will be ready for the start of the season in November.
1: You you know, one other thing that should be added and, uh, you know, I don't know how significant this is or even how much we'll see from this guy, but Brendan Marks of the athletic friend of the podcast has reported that um, a a guy named Max Johns, who played, um, who, who played not a lot, You know, played sparingly for Princeton last year, uh, has has transferred to Duke, and and will be on the basketball team now. This is a guy who who barely got minutes at an Ivy League school. I don't think there's any expectation that he will be more than deep deep bench practice fodder at Duke. But but it is worth noting that this is you know yet another college player um, knows what the college game is like who has who has come into Duke who can you know, maybe help with a little bit of guiding experience for these guys, even if he's not someone who's going to play in games a lot. But I I just wanted to add that. And, you know, I don't, uh, you know, he's not someone that we were going to do an emergency podcast about, but Max Johns apparently is on the Duke roster and will be a part of the team um, coming next year. I think you'll probably only see him in the blue-white game and, you know, end of blowouts and such. But, you know, hey, welcome to the program, Max.
2: And if you're not watching since... I, I did mention that this was going on. You should definitely turn on the finals. Uh completely off yeah. topic, but uh but
1: the chef Steph Curry, has been
0: cooking.
2: Yeah, Steph Curry is. We 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 have about 5 minutes left in the first half at the at this moment of recording, but Steph Curry is amazing and uh Jason Tatum almost uh, killed Andre Iguodala. It's a good thing that I think Andre Iguodala already has children because uh unclear after the hit that he took that he's going to be able to produce any more. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yes. So we we not only
0: reacted to news. Jason basically broke news as well on this podcast. So uh, Bre- Brendan Marks, Brendan Marks did page. shout out to Brendan reported Marks. It from you Brendan. Just, Thanks, buddy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I say that because I had not read that yet. So as well as things where we were able to react to it in real time. So I appreciate you doing that. So we're going to leave it here. Episode 425 is in the books. Go listen to 424 first, then listen to this one. After you watch the NBA Finals, uh, after, I will, we'll see you guys very soon. It'll probably be in the next 12 hours or something like that because it seems like news is coming every 12 hours now. So for, for Sam and for Jason, I am Donald. Now it's time for the Duke fan to take us home.